0: Listening to the Redfield Arts Audio Podcast. Groucho Marx once famously said, I would never join a club that would have me as a member. Hi, this is Mark Redfield, and welcome to the podcast. Uh, I'm in the hot seat today. It's uh, me that's being interviewed. And the interview you're about to hear was um, recorded from Clubhouse. Clubhouse, if you don't know, is a social media app. It's an audio-only app. And uh, it's been quite a wonderful experience uh, meeting people, uh, sharing information and ideas and things on Clubhouse. And um, Krista Steele reached out at the end of last year and uh, graciously offered to interview me to talk about the work that we're doing at Redfield Arts Audio with our audio dramas and audio books and what was happening to my novels, Cult of the Nosferatu that I co-wrote with Stuart Voitilla, and my new novel that's coming out, The Cheney Murder Case. Uh, so I'm very grateful and happy that Krista Steele uh, did reach out. We had a fun Conversation. Only a couple of things I'd like to point out. The interview was conducted and recorded in November, late November of 2021. And as we are in the spring of 2022, the only corrections or updates I'll make is that our audio drama Frankenstein Mobster comes out in late May of 2022. Eugene O'Neill's Anna Christie will be out in June of 2022, as will my novel, The Cheney Murder Case. Otherwise, all the information is rather current and rather fresh, and I talk my full head off trying to explain what it is that I do uh, with the people that I work with. So I hope you enjoy the conversation. Um, By the way, you're listening to Ted Weems and Orchestra. The Boulevard of Broken Dreams, from 1933. Here's the interview.
1: Well, you know, we can get started, because I have so many questions for you, Mark. So if, if you guys don't mind, um, I will give a brief introduction, and then we can jump right in. Is that OK?
0: I, I'm ready.
1: OK. All right. Um, Mark Redfield is an award-winning film and stage actor. He's acted and directed in more than 70 plays professionally. Mark is a writer, producer, artist, director, and chief Imagineer of his very own Redfield Arts Audio. He creates immersive, high-quality, enhanced audio productions featuring full cast, professional voice acting, Hollywood-quality sound effects, with stirring original scores. We've heard a lot of buzz on Clubhouse here about his project, upcoming project, Frankenstein mobster made man, which is an adaptation of a graphic novel that he wrote the script for. He actually did a lot of casting here on clubhouse. so I'm really excited to hear the status on that. He also has many other audio dramas available on audible and CDs, including Sinbad and the pirate princess, Sherlock Holmes, and numerous productions about and by Edgar Allan Poe. He's an Edgar Allan Poe expert, actually. Um, Recently, Mark released his pulp adventure novel centering around a female police cadet searching for a lost relative in New York City with the assistance of a vampire hunter as they infiltrate the cult of Nosferatu. So, welcome, Mark. Thank you so much for being here, and um, we would love to jump in.
0: Jump in, I'm exhausted here. (laughs) Long laundry list. And I I actually think, I I don't know when parts of the bio were written, but I actually think that it's over 200 plays now.
1: Oh, wow. (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) Oh, you know what? I was going to say, correct me if I got anything wrong, because, you know, when you when you Google someone, it's, you know, you can't, you, you're not always sure. So, over 200 plays professionally, that is amazing. Um, so, I've been listening to some of your audio dramas, and if you would like to um, share about the latest, um, the production um, of Frankenstein Mobster, like, when is it going to be released? How close are you guys? What's the status of it?
0: Well, that is the production that we're neck deep into now. And uh, it's based on a graphic novel, comic book that came out about 10 years ago. It was written and illustrated by Mark Wheatley. And um, I saw the book, you know, close to when it was released and I liked it. And of course, Wheatley, you know, uh, comic book artists, uh, they they would like to see their work, you know, made into films and TV shows. And I thought this would be great. And... As I got closer to getting full time into the audio business, um, you know, I popped the question one day. I said, you know, this would make it fun. Audio drama. It's huge. It's sprawling. It's action adventure. It's a mashup of uh, the Warner Brothers gangsters, Scorsese gangsters and monsters from mythology. It's just big, goofy fun and uh being a good audio drama and and uh, he agreed and but we never really got anything off the ground and um so several months ago he said yes he said let's do it and uh so i got to work adapting the initial graphic novels i think eight comic books and so i kept it as eight chapters and it will be released all as one uh and we're in the middle of it now we are still recording actors it's a huge cast um Part one, let me try to get my facts straight. Part one has 48 speaking roles, including narrator, and I think a little more than a dozen actors with some doubling. So I'm still putting some actors to it. We'll be recording. Um, uh, my, my composer and sound designer, Jennifer Rouse, and I, we recorded scratch tracks. Of the scripts so that she could months ago get a jump on composing the music and we could do Foley and sound effects and search through our library and so as actors have been recorded we're recording all of the actors one at a time individually we'll put them in and then she's able to cut the scenes tighter so we'll be recording actors for another We can have tops, I think, will be wrapped and uh, then spend the rest of the month as we're working on other things. We'll be polishing and finishing it. And um, our stuff is released by our distributor when we give it to them. So it'll be out late January of 2022. It'll be it'll be hot off the uh, grill uh, and on Audible and other platforms. Um, The third or the Fourth final Tuesday of the month. The audio gets released on on the Tuesdays, um, so that's where the project is right now. And it's I'm finally feeling like I'm in control of it again. It was kicking my ass for a while, just the enormity of it and complexity. My production board of just keeping track of the actors. It's I've made jokes about herding cats. It's you know we're waiting for this file. We're waiting for this one to do this, and oh, there's a revision and. Then Jenny would yell at me, you know, Mark, why haven't you recorded that? And I was like, okay. So, but it's now really coming to a place where it is just, um, yeah, we should be finished gathering actors' voices by the middle of next week, I hope.
1: That's amazing. And with COVID too, people are recording from their homes, correct? So you're calling them and directing them, right? They're not all, you, you don't have half of them in a studio with you or anything like that, correct?
0: no the 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 method that we stumbled into parts of um we we've been recording actors individually for the audio drama for some time now i mean i i pretty much decided to do the audio thing audio books narration and audio drama a little more than two years ago Um, and uh, so this is all pre-covid parts of sinbad and the pirate princess were recorded with the actors in the room and then individuals. Um, And one of the things that Jennifer noticed was that, you know, as in a film, when you are in the final stages of editing something, maybe you want to change something, tighten it, uh, quicken the pace. And she pretty much asked, well, how about if we just record actors individually from now on? And that'll make that so much easier. And so that's been how we've been doing it. And most of the actors are recording uh, at home. In home studios and uh, so it's easy to work that way it's it's remarkable how it works out now Daniel Roebuck who's playing uh, the mobster himself uh, we just had a session the other day he and uh, Nathaniel Gray I brought into the invisible studios in LA and um, they have very very large sizable parts and um, so I was on zoom while they were in the booth, and uh, our wonderful engineer, Charles Carroll, uh, at the Invisible Studios, was uh, pretty much uh, staying on top of everything and getting it done. The, the uh, Debbie Rashawn is uh, Terry Todd, the detective, the female lead in Mobster, who, um, she's in uh, Canada at the moment, At a home studio and so and she has a very very sizable part and one of the things i did was um if the part was small a phone conversation sufficed uh you know you're a good director if you hire good actors right and so the idea is that um you know here's the script here's the scene here's here's the character let's talk about it do you have any questions and once that's kind of solved some of these actors I actually didn't work with beyond that and then we would get the file and we would listen and no more than two three takes and they'd nail it and I you know I look so good Um, it's remarkable when you cut actors together and they know what they're doing Um, they sound you would never know that they weren't in the same room at the same time on the same coast in the same country uh, it really works really really well uh, everything from flow the rhythm uh, chemistry it's quite remarkable really
1: i can't wait to hear it so you wrote the script is it from all of the eight the eight graphic novels do you have the whole thing or is this a portion of
0: it no this is this is the entire thing we don't wow. i don't know what the final running time is it's yeah that was like,
1: my next question yeah
0: <laughs> yeah it'll be it'll clock in at three hours and if later next year there is a it'll it'll more than likely be a three CD set. It'll be out uh, digitally first and then maybe by the spring. Oh, we see what COVID does. We see how many, um, convention shows, appearances, that kind of thing, but we'll get CDs, a CD set into the market a couple of months after that.
1: Nice. Um, so I saw that you have so much available on audible. So, um, Is Audible commissioning you to do originals?
0: No, I'm producing everything that we're doing um, under the Redfield Arts audio label is uh, I'm producing. And uh, we have a distributor called Oasis, and um, they're producing original content and audio books. And um, it's funny because Steve Smith, the guy who runs Oasis, likes uh, likes the same films that I do. And um, he found out about Sinbad and the Pirate Princess um, when we were making it because that stars um, Caroline Monroe and Martine Beswick. And what they share in common is they're both Bond girls. They both have been in films by Ray Harryhausen. They have both done Hammer Horror films. And Steve knew exactly who this these people were and got a hold of a copy of Sinbad. And he loved it, and he called me to distribute it. And I kind of blew him off. <laughs> I kind of thought, well, I don't, you know, I don't know him. I've not heard of this company. And uh, to make a long story short, then soon after that, I, I made a decision to go into audio full time, pretty much. And um, then he crossed my path again, and I apologized. I said, Steve, I had no idea. And he said, You want to make medicine? I said, well, Let's make medicine. So he's been our distributor, and. You know audible is really like the Walmart of audio, and um, you know so they're the they're the tail that wags the dog and so they're the largest platform and and most people who listen to audio books and and audio drama and recently audible uh, carries podcasts you can you can listen to our free podcasts on audible um and then we're on like two dozen other platforms and we are really growing into, a li- into libraries in America, which is nice. In June, the American Library Association has their big convention that they do annually. And um, so I'm hoping that uh we can we can we will be there if things aren't shut down uh this is in june and uh because that's a really wonderful market they they do libraries whether it's college public libraries they handle digital titles and they they still buy uh, physical media which is wonderful so uh, that's going to help uh, the business side of things. I think moving more into libraries, but that's how we work. We we're, we're not self distributing. That's tricky, uh, and um, it's just best not to do not to do that. It's nice to have uh, Oasis as our distributor.
1: Nice. Um, I saw that, um, you did the Eugene O'Neill's Anna Christie play and that you were planning on, you know, directing right in the theater in New York, but then the theater was about to shut down, I guess. So you did it as an audio drama. Do you see audio dramas as an alternative to theater, especially if we do have other shutdowns?
0: Oh, absolutely not an alternative. I mean, I, I'm, ah, the theater is in my heart and soul. Um, you know, and it's funny because I think one of the first things professionally I was doing when I was 17, 18. So it all kind of happened at the same time for me, film, theater, and, and, uh, audio, but it was voiceover work, uh, when I was 16 that I first got paid for before I did dinner theater, before I got paid for theater, uh, PBS, television, anything. Um, and, um, the, the idea that it might be, a, you know, it, it's, it's, it's weird. Um, I I have a bucket list. There are plays that I want to do that I've always wanted to do. And a few years ago, O'Neill's Anna Christie has been something I've wanted to do for a long time ago. And I saw a production of Dracula in um, New York. And a friend of mine, Kevin Shinnick, was Dracula. And it was at the 13th Street Rep. And um, very tiny space, very old space, storied, has a lot of history. And uh, the, the, the woman playing Mina, uh, Mackenzie Mentor, just knocked me out. I mean, um, I just couldn't stop thinking about her. And I, and I knew immediately after watching her on stage for about 15 minutes, 20 minutes, it's interesting, you know, the director in me kicks in, and I start thinking of all these roles that she could do. And the way the, the configuration of the, the, the theater, the auditorium, tiny as it is, um, her I suddenly just saw, this is where I need to do Anna Christie. So I, I engaged with them. I, I met with Mackenzie Mentor. We talked about it. I put a cast together for uh, this uh, New York production, uh, set up the rental of the theater. Uh, I, I started booking a rental space. And then 13th was um, In Jeopardy. Of being closed which had been going on for about two years before that as long as they'd been around the landlord was threatening to sell it there were all of these things suddenly up in the air and so it was safer instead of with what little money i had left to find another theater space and keep that production going it was like well, let's do this later in the future and so i just pulled the plug on it they kind of bumped around they stayed open there's covid but backing up um i said to Mackenzie one day well you know we've been talking about this we're planning on doing this why don't we turn it into an audio drama so we recorded it and um with frankenstein mobster being such a large project that also will be released in january and uh, 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 we haven't done it yet but the next eugene o'neill i I'm, i'm planning on doing is the emperor jones um and I I can't mention yet the actor that I'm talking to to play Brutus Jones, but uh, I'll I'll do another O'Neill. I love Eugene O'Neill, um, so that's the story behind Anna Christie. That'll be out sometime in uh, January. Excellent.
1: One. Amazing. Now, what's this about a music video? Is that with Mackenzie also?
0: Yeah. One of the things that I love about audio drama, and we're doing it with some of the audiobooks as well. I mean, a lot of the audiobooks that will be coming out uh, are are straight narrations. They're straight audiobooks. Some of them, uh, we're doing original music, particularly children's things. And um, so even something like Anna Christie, Frankenstein Mobster right now has three songs in it, and I'm negotiating the rights to another song that I don't want to mention, but uh, there are two original songs that that we have. Um, Anna Christie, uh, there, there is a song that I found that just, uh, an, an old sea shanty, and it just felt so right. And Mackenzie is a brilliant singer. If it wasn't for COVID, if it wasn't for the fact that, all of these things that have kind of hobbled theater i i i, I think that Mackenzie would be doing some musical theater in, in new york tonight well uh, later in the week but you know what i mean and uh, so what we're trying to do is do uh music and uh, do songs uh, when appropriate for a lot of the audio dramas, it's just all part of the ear experience, theater of the mind, and and music is so important to these. It's fifty percent, and so we found this, and um, you know Mackenzie sang it, and it's used thematically throughout Anna Christie, and so we ran to the Atlantic and shot a music video, which will be out to help support uh, Mackenzie and 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 support. Uh, Anna Christie, our, our audio production of it. I've got some things coming up that have um, old songs in it or new original things. Um, we've got a young adult piece called The Sister's Risk, which is a steampunk piece about uh, two very brilliant, adventurous sisters. And um, it's not a musical, but it does have five songs in it. And um, our uh, Houdini magicians in the ghost world, which is another audio drama that'll be out next year. I mean, they all have, uh, where appropriate, they're not musicals, but we do have songs and original music. I just, I'm trying to give the listener just, you know, as much of a full, earful (laughs) experience as, as we can, really.
1: Yeah, it's amazing. The Sinbad production is just off the charts. It's really incredible.
0: Thank you. And there was a coin, co- uh, I, to- I tossed a coin because of Caroline. Caroline Monroe and I've been friends for a lot of years. And uh, uh, I, sh- I want to mention that one of the, a new thing that we're branching into is audio autobiography. Um, and it's different. We're doing, we're working with Caroline Monroe on doing her autobiography. And it's, What I want to do different is, you know, make it the experience for the ear. It isn't just an actor reading a manuscript of their life. Um, We've shaped this in such a way that she could record as naturally, as off the cuff, as conversationally as possible. And what Jennifer and I are doing around that with my narration and with Jennifer's music is setting things into context without being pedantic because she does start in the late 60s and then she has this marvelous career in the, in the 1960s and she does her James Bond film, The Spy Who Loved Me in 1977. And um, we're doing one with Caroline. Um, I'm doing um, a piece with the late jazz artist, uh, with, with Earl Arnett, who uh, was married to Ethel Ennis, uh, the late jazz singer Ethel Ennis. Um, he wrote a wonderful manuscript about their life together, the difficulties of their mixed marriage in the in the 60s and 70s into the early 80s, uh, the jazz club that they had in the mid 80s. Um, and uh, he shared the Earl shared the manuscript with me, and I saw it and heard it immediately. And I just simply said, Look, let's work with Johns Hopkins University Press. When we do the audiobook, of your book about ethel ethel ennis let's license let's get the music that you don't own uh and weave her music around this for an audio experience that's different from doesn't take anything away from the book or or anything um so anyway we tossed a coin because caroline monroe had done um some horror movies with hammer films uh and one of hers is dracula ad 1972 with christopher neem and uh, christopher lee so I, I have a uh, piece, um, which is a sequel to Dracula, about Jonathan and Mina Harker, set in 1906. But she also did uh, uh, The Golden Voyage of Sinbad, the Ray Harryhausen film, in 1974. As I, I get this other idea about an original Sinbad story, you know, Arabian Nights and all of that. And that's the one she leapt at. And I said, OK, let's do that. I get to play Sinbad. I get to be 30-something and handsome and swashbuckling. You get to be a princess, a pirate princess. And we talked her friend Martine Beswick into being the baddie, into to being uh, uh, the bad guy in the piece. And Martine's very funny. I mean, she's pretty much retired from from acting and the business, but she can't wait to do more audio. Uh, she had such a blast with it, so I can't work, uh, wait to work with Martine again. So that's how Sinbad and the Pirate Princess kind of happened.
1: Yeah, it's incredible. I highly recommend it on Audible. Um, and then, so everything you do is also available on CDs, correct?
0: Not everything, and some of it has been sort of cho- by choice as to the, the 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 market for physical media has so changed. Um, there are fewer, if you notice, when you go into what's left of our bookstores. There are lots of wonderful independent bookstores, but you know, the big chains, Barnes & Noble, they have very tiny sections. The vinyl is making this wonderful comeback where you can get vinyl at the Walmart and Target and this, that, and the other. But you, you, the audiobook physical thing has kind of changed. It is primarily driven digitally. Um, but we have done certain titles. If you go to markredfieldstudios.com, you'll see what titles we have in stock. And again, I'm hoping that um, in June we're able to expand what we're manufacturing as far as CDs are concerned because of what libraries might want, uh, because they still do, of, of course, a big business in uh, physical media. So not all of it is. Um, it's been kind of select, I think. Uh, and it's unfortunate, My Christmas Carol is not on CD. You can you can find that on Audible. Um, and it's under 74 minutes, I think. it It's based on a cutting that Dickens himself Cut and performed in front of audiences, and um, so it runs lickety split. But uh, unfortunately, that it's that time of year, but that's not on CD. So some some titles are,
1: and it seems like audio biographies are so perfect for musicians.
0: They're you know, and they're things. I'm talking to a musician right now. There are some public domain pieces that are on my bucket list, <clears throat> and uh, the two that are spiritual. Um, one is the Book of Job. Um, And I've kind of massaged a translation of that that I like. And where the music is going for that is quite wonderful. And then there's a musician that I'm talking to who is um, going to be doing the underscore for the prophet, And um, it's, I I mean, you know, I, I am a listener of audiobooks as well. And uh, I love a lot of—there are a lot of narrators that I love, and and, and uh, men and women voices. And I appreciate, you know, a good actor, you know, narrators who are good actors. But as long as I can afford to do it, I, I would like to selectively, you know, uh, commission and have either Jennifer Rouse or— other musicians create music scores for some of the audiobooks and it works really well for the children's pieces that we're doing so some of them uh, have original scores as well
1: nice do you want to talk a little bit about the children's pieces i know on clubhouse we spend more time talking about the the horror right you know we really enjoy that but for people that are buying for kids or have kids in their family do you want to give us a little bit about some of the children's audios that you've done
0: yeah we're doing a mix of things Uh, there some of them are are original pieces i mentioned uh the sisters risk which is a, a high Octane um, um, adventure piece, Steampunk, set in Philadelphia in 1910, about two brilliant teenage sisters, um, the uh, the Risk sisters and uh, the Sisters Risk. And they they run the spectrum. One is 12 and one is 17. So they're at various stages of their development and brilliance. And they have adventures. And um, like I said, we're creating music for that. And even though that's a, what we call a full length piece, It'll run 74 minutes, so it fits on a CD. Um, we're finding that the chapters should be broken uh, down a bit shorter so that pauses can be taken. Um, an adult, I think, can listen you know for a longer stretch, um, even if they're doing something else while listening to an audio book or, or, or an audio drama. And then we're finding that some of the original stuff that I'm developing or I'm writing is even a little bit shorter than that. Um, so that, um, you know, they, the kids, uh, so it fits within, um, sort of things that we intuitively know, seven minute increments, 22 minute increments, and maybe the overall piece is no longer than 45 minutes, uh, to tell a story, the public domain stuff. And this is purely my ego speaking. I love the Baum Oz books. And uh, so they've been done a million times. There are a million audiobooks of the marvelous, the wonderful Wizard of Oz and his series. I'm doing them. The first one is in the can. The wonderful Wizard of Oz is in the can. It was hard and, and scary and wonderful to try to create new voices, voices that weren't too unfamiliar to the ones we all know. And the the only trick there is that I have trouble sometimes. Um and there are things in audiobooks where if you're like me, a male narrator and you have female characters, you 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 don't um you don't imitate. You 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 try not to imitate a woman. It's ridiculous. You don't want to destroy uh so you find the intonation, the tone, you you just try to try to be a good actor with it. Maybe you do lighten a little bit. And so what I did with the Oz books is that I have um I have a different uh, child actor recorded at, in 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 Wizard of Oz. We've got uh, for Dorothy a wonderful wonderful actor who um, just reads Dorothy. <clears throat> so I'm reading the book, uh, and uh, she's the voice of Dorothy. And uh, so I have new people, you know, in mind for Ozma and some of the others, and 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 hopefully that will separate them a little bit. Um, so there's that. There was another children's piece, that, but it flew out of my mind. I can't remember what I was going to mention that's in uh,
1: So the Oz books are coming out?
0: Yeah, they'll be coming out. Um, there's a lot of work. We haven't cut any of my recordings together, and we have only recorded the one actor uh, for Dorothy for the first book. Um, but... Um, we'll see where that goes because i would like to pick those up and 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 do several others this year uh and maybe we'll put them out you know maybe three at a time so that they're just out there and every every few months put uh another one and i'll stop with the the, the baum books i won't go into the the other books that were written by other authors um i think that that, And that's what I meant by my ego. I just love those books so much. It's like a Christmas carol. They're just certain stories that I just absolutely love and, and I want to do. They're in my bucket list. Treasure Island is one of those uh, because I want to play, you know, I want to voice uh, Long John Silver. And I just, you know, it's been done a thousand times. There are brilliant versions, both in radio and in film. But I want to do mine because I just want to play. Well, that's all.
1: Well, Oz is a classic, but you know every generation needs to be introduced to it. So this will be a fun way to introduce a whole new generation
0: to it, right? I hope. I hope, and it'd be interesting to see, you know, for people who know the stories so well, whether they like my performance. Um, and that's the other thing to test too, because for some of the children's oh, I, that was what I was going to say. I, I have an adaptation, and this is more audio drama. I have an adaptation of Pinocchio. And the narrator for that is a, a, a wonderful, wonderful Italian actor, a woman named uh, Luciana Paluzzi. By no small coincidence, Luciana, one of her films is uh, the James Bond film Thunderball. She has a charming Italian accent, and uh, the way we've written Collodi's, uh narration for her, and uh, if you've ever read uh, uh, Collodi's Pinocchio stories, they're very different from what you think you know. And I adore, my favorite animated film is the Disney Pinocchio. and uh, But they're very, very different. They're very wild. They're very Lewis Carroll-like. They're very dark in their, in their lessons and that kind of thing. So it was very fun to adapt. Uh, so that is 90% audio drama. Five percent narration with Luciana, and I'm, and I don't know when that will be finished. Um, but uh, that might not be until 2023 at this point. But it's, it's coming. It's coming.
1: Amazing! You have so many projects on your plate, for sure.
0: <laughs> and some of these I'm talking about started or were put in the can, or in the can before we started Frankenstein Mobster. Wow because we decided to do mobster in july or june and we were working on the houdini thing there are original sherlock holmes scripts that i was setting into motion there were some actors that i could not get into a studio that are older a lot of the actors that i work with uh, are 70 and older one of my favorite actors uh, he plays the caliph in sinbad J.R. liston he's my watson uh Lana Wood uh who is joining us we 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 have a um an original murder mystery series um where she plays a a detective uh named uh, <laughs> Cordelia Coetzee. and um and there's an enormous project that got derailed by covid uh, an audio drama called Alone the Life of Poe um it's 10 hour it will be 10 hours it is uh, Poe's entire life. It has an enormous cast as well, as large as Mobster. We did start working on that before COVID. Uh, it was scheduled to be finished and out. Um, COVID just made it very difficult for, you know, Lana is in her 70s, Lana Wood, um, you know, it is, uh, Jeffrey Combs um, is the uh, adult voice of Poe. And so it was a deep breath. Everyone is still alive. Everyone is uh, Bruce Glover, plays Pose nemesis. Um, Bruce is just incredible and wonderful. So that is something that I'm hoping by on paper right now on it, uh, that we resume production in May and are able to wrap that up. And again, you know, here we are with the new variant and being cautious and just seeing, you know, where the river bends and what we can do. Right. So yeah so a lot of these projects that I am talking about were either in the can uh, and ready to go or needed some more uh, post-production but a lot of project mobster and other projects have taken up our time from July to to now right uh, yeah.
1: You have a huge roster of actors, for sure. Are you casting for anything? Or if anyone's interested, should they send you demos? Or how do you like people to contact you? Or do you not want them to?
0: (laughs) (laughs) No. Have your people
1: call my people.
0: (laughs) It's, um, you know, it's the old joke. Yeah, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry I lost your phone number. I lost it when I hit delete. No, (laughs) the, um, the, the thing is, is that I am, always interested in new actors and new voices i mean i'm not finished i don't know i still have some theater left in me there's still time for that and i definitely will be making some films in the future not in the near future but the audio thing is full-time and um, always always on the lookout on the uh on the ear out for new voices so people can back channel me say hi they can email uh, a demo, say hi first, somewhere here or, or on Instagram. There is nothing being cast between now and the Christmas holiday, the New Year holiday. Um, and uh, you brought it up, and it's true. Um, Clubhouse has been amazing because I have uh, engaged actors that I've met and heard and You know i'm a little sneaky i I, you know i'll be in rooms we'll talk and a lot of these are of course industry rooms talking to other actors or filmmakers and i'll listen to people's voices i'll just you know your audition's done i kind of got it and then i ask i hate auditioning people so what you'll find is you know i'll ask you know, do you have the time? Do you accept this much money? Can you get it done by this time? Do you, can you do it? And um, so I did find some marvelous people who are in uh, Mobster and a couple of people that I definitely have in mind for some of the future stuff that we're doing next year.
1: Excellent. Cannot wait to hear
2: Frankenstein Mobster for sure. Well, um, Krista, yeah. I just have to say, can I just say something here for one second? I just love the fact that you do stories for children. And we here at EverMindful, we do like a story time on Thursday afternoons with kids and they read their own stories. And then, you know, sometimes I'll read a story if, if it's a good story that, you know, some adults would be interested in too. But we're trying to get people, children here, reading their own work and things like that. But if you ever wanted to come on into that children's story time at some point, Mark,
0: you're more than. Oh, well, thank you so much for the invitation that intrigues me. No end. And I will take you. Thank on you. Head. Um, I, I think it's like everything else that's formed the kind of actor and creator that I am. This is all stuff that got into me when I was a child. I mean, I, I make no bones about it. My favorite film is Mary oh my Poppins. God! um it absolutely is and uh you know so when you think back at some of the things i've said about some of the things we're doing yeah that informed it that cooked over a career of you know telling stories and making theater films and audio and so it it, you know it's all kind of where i go it's all the sherman brothers it's all you know so um i'm exploring and looking forward to getting ahead of steam up with with the children's things that we're doing because yeah, I'd be curious to see what, how kids respond to my voice, how they respond to some of the female actors and narrators and voices. Um, uh, we have one where uh, Mackenzie uh, and I narrate and kind of go back and forth. I narrate one, I think she narrates two, um, a series that we started, uh, American Fairy Tales, The Princess Who Could Not Dance. That's the first one that's out now. Um, she voices Virginia in the audiobook of the carnival ghost. So those are public domain stories uh just getting sort of our feet wet with that um but the original stuff will be you know I I I I think I'm taking everything I'm I'm learning and we'll see how it goes. Can't wait. Maybe in another 2 years I'll have a nice uh library of children's titles and i had to steam up and, I, and i'll know what i'm doing
1: <laughs> and lois will be your co-producer lois i'm so happy you brought <laughs> that up because the, who's the nine-year-old that brought tears to our eyes she read oh, a poem that morning
0: my gosh was mark it... you
1: have to hear this girl
0: well i let you know don't <laughs> don't think i didn't latch on to the fact that you've got children reading their yes. own work which <laughs> intrigues me no uh, end. it, it I, I can't. Wait. I, it's I think so it's so
2: exciting for us. What we'd like to do is get you know word out to more people on Clubhouse who have children and have them come in and share their work and share their stories. Um, we have one child who's um, differently abled and who writes his stories through his wheelchair, like through his computer wheelchair, and his mom reads his stories. And then we have Indy, who's Justina's um, niece, She's in St. Lucia and she writes chapter stories and she reads them over the clubhouse room. And then sometimes I'll read a children's book, you know, just to kind of bring in, you know, some other just a just a regular book because I've always loved reading to my nieces and nephews. And they I must say they love the way I tell a story. But yeah. anyway, yeah. um I just have to say, getting the children's work is really cool, and I would love to collaborate with you in in that Thursday afternoon room at some point if you ever wanted to do that. Just throwing it. This is what I say. Just put it in your pipe and smoke it.
0: That's great. That's great. Um, (laughs) Did you say that the one kid, uh, her name was Indira? Yes,
2: Indira. Mm
0: Yeah. Oh, Indira, yes. Indira, my, my, one of my, my 20 year old nieces in Indy, she's Indiana. Oh, see
2: that? Yep. So Indy is Indira and she's Justina's niece. Justina's from Canada, but originally from St. Lucia. She's one of our main mods, Forever Mindful. And her niece is quite a chapter writer. Chapter.
0: Oh, great. That's fantastic. That's great.
2: She's very gifted, I think. Uh, this is Marcy. I just, that is a-
1: Yeah, absolutely. And audio dramas are such a great alternative to screens for parents, right? To let their kids be entertained in a different way and maybe even get excited about theater.
2: I want to bring them back to that day where they s- sat around the radio and listen to something like that and they imagine the story happening. Could you imagine like clubhouse parents bringing their kids in around like the iPad or the yes. iPhone to listen to the story being told yeah. and even stories that can relate to adults and children alike so that they can bond through it like mind blowing.
0: Yeah, it's a, an entirely different skill set to, I mean, some people I found, and I was surprised by this, some people can't listen to audiobooks, they can't listen to audio drama. They, they don't, it just doesn't get into the brain. And with video games, with animation, which I'm a giant animation fan, I'm a film fan, obviously, but with that being the go-to for kids, um and i've got a 9 year old nephew who i just watch but he's also a reader which is good and as we know that reading is its own skill set and learning to read for pleasure yeah i would love that to, and i am finding out through the through the uh industry that there are more and more kid listeners there's more of an audience growing i was lucky i mean when i was a preteen there was an AM radio station that um, every, you know, they'd play whatever AM stations were playing in the early mid '70s, and then at seven thirty or seven o'clock, they had a different uh, old time radio show, an old radio thing, whether it was comedy or the Shadow or whatever, and that was the time when you could walk into the mall into a Walden Books and there would be, you know, radio shows on cassette. And I just got hooked and started buying everything I could. Basil Rathbone doing Sherlock Holmes, John Gilgood doing Sherlock Holmes, The Shadow, Fibber McGee, and Molly. And I got hooked on the whole audio drama thing, you know, very, very early. And then in my career, the first thing I was ever hired for when I was 17 to, to voice, I was in a play, And uh, one of the actors was a DJ, uh, a radio DJ, and he was doing Kermit the Frog, and I just improvised and did Fozzie. And he hired me to come on the air with him to improvise some Kermit and Fozzie. So that was the very first voice stuff I ever did. And, um, you know, in that time I've done, you know, with the explosion of video games, I've done a lot of voices for video games you know, I've got a whole career nobody knows about voicing commercials. And um, that led to, you know, some glorious moments. I did, you know, radio play with BBC and some other things. And um, so I've always been sort of working toward, you know, what happened you know, two to three years ago, I was like, you know what? I get to act, I get to write, I get direct. Why not play with this audio thing for a bit? I, I've done you know audio books for other people as a narrator, so uh, that's kind of what led me to that. So serendipitous, happy that it happened. Particularly in these first waves of COVID, actor friends just not getting work, production shutting down, and able to keep producing and keep doing things, and knock wood, and not just as a voice actor. But you know, in almost two years, I haven't had a damn head cold. Uh, so that's small, two small pluses out of this.
2: Right, uh, exactly. Thing
0: we're dealing with. But uh, so that's my audio story, and I'm stuck in it, or stuck to, or uh, I'm happy with it. And so that's where we are.
1: It's amazing. Now we have about 10 minutes, and I definitely want to talk about your novel. But first, if anyone has any questions, about audio dramas or anything else?
2: I feel like I took up a lot of time. I shouldn't have taken no, up no, so no, much no, time. No.
1: I'm so happy. I mean, who knows what kind of collaborations you guys are going to make. That's the thing too about Mark that I didn't have a chance to mention, but he does collaborations with so many people on so many um, you know, IP projects and everything, so he's very open to collaboration
0: absolutely. and And again, there's one that I'm very excited about, and it grew out of meeting somebody on clubhouse, um, a, a fellow. Uh, he's in San Jose making films, and he's trying to get a film off the ground. And um, it's incredibly personal story. He's from Afghanistan, and it is uh, and he's here with his parents and his wife and his children. But it is a story about how he um was kidnapped by the Taliban and held captive for three days, and as I got to know Syed, uh, I just anything I can do to to be a friend of the project, to aid and abet it, to get this story out. So, yeah, that's just one example, and, and I just wanted to tie it to Clubhouse that um, it has been the green room, it's been the meeting place, it's been the bar at the film festival. It's been the cafeteria on the studio lot. It's been a great place to meet with people and and uh, cheer each other on and and see what little we can do to help each other. So it's been great. But what do you want to know about this novel that I'm trying to sell? Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes. So,
1: um, so tell us the premise. And it's a series, right? This is the first in the series.
0: This is the first in the series. This is a long story. Let's see if I can do it in two minutes. Uh, it's called the first novel is called Cult of the Nosferatu, and if you will pardon a a naked, blatant ask um if you go to the website Mark Redfield Studios right now, I told them I'd like to expand this, but you know, you can buy the hardcover for nine ninety five plus shipping I right think now. the
2: the website's at the top, right, Krista?
1: Yes, so you can find it it here also on his um social media too
0: oh that's redfield arts audio i'll i'll uh, if you want
1: to give me
2: what's the other link and i'll put it up right now mark
0: oh it's mark redfield Studio. i'll
2: do it right now that's
0: where all the that's where all the merchandise all the stuff is and that's i think that's where the novel's on sale um and that's from our stock that we have because uh, if you you, it's 35 dollars at Barnes and Noble and Powells and Bam uh, although the Kindle is out for what is it three ninety nine the Kindle is on on amazon kindle and and nook, so you can get it electronically for even cheaper well, the premise is basically um The world is full of vampires and they're nasty they don't sparkle they're nasty and um there is an organization a worldwide organization and they have agents all over the world and in new york city in manhattan there is a fellow named bertram wells and he is the head of this organization for uh, the city of new york as large as it is he's got a small team that works with him and in this story there is a young woman name uh, who is uh whose brother has gone missing in the city and she fears that she's been swept up into a religious cult and it turns out that indeed there is a cult of vampires that is feeding on um feeding on the homeless and feeding on uh, transitory people and and so she has to tammy has to team up with bertram and uh, get to the bottom of all this and it's got a big Action adventure spectacle. It's very pulpy. It's very fun. The characters, and I'll give you thirty seconds. That I I co-write this series with a fellow named Stuart Voitilla. Stuart is teaching screenwriting at the moment at um, San Diego State, and I met him years ago. Uh, he was an actor and um, a writer, and um, we um, collaborated uh, on. Um, basically i had this idea uh we we started working on this in 1988 or 1989 and um i we hadn't worked with each other i started taking them out to lunch and we were meeting week weekly and i and i and i had this idea for this thing called vampire hunters incorporated this film so we wrote a script together i raised the money the people i was working with wanted to raise a million and this is 1989 now this is 80s money this is before the digital revolution this is you know we were talking to actors like um oh my god terry o'quinn uh who was in the stepfather movies uh Stuart knew um, richard thomas who was john boy walton uh, just wonderful actors and uh, the city was giving me abandoned buildings that they were going to tear down because of asbestos that we could build sets in and walk away and a lot, of, a lot of things happened, and the movie didn't get made. As these things go, so Stuart and I then turned uh, the story, a story, into a novel. We got an agent. The agent was getting it out to people like tour books. Our agent, bless her heart, she's passed away ye, many years ago, but she was rather cheeky, and she basically said, "You know, these boys, you know, have this in front of some Hollywood studios." And indeed, New Line Cinema. Asked to look at the screenplay. They passed on it. Then when they started producing TV, asked to look at it and then uh, passed on it as a TV show. And so Tor Books and some other uh, publishers basically said, oh, we'd be happy to publish this and a series of paperbacks. Let's see what Hollywood does. So he kept bumping along over the years and kept finding life. And in the meantime, Stuart and I, uh, we just kept creating stories and kept creating, you know, uh, Bertram Wells came to life for me. He's our, uh, you know, he's our Sherlock Holmes without a Watson. He's our James Bond. He's our Indiana Jones, except he looks a lot like Jackie Gleason from the movie The Hustler with Paul Newman. I love that movie. And uh, he's often people that you'll see in the novel that people can't quite place what he looks like and they realize he looks like. Jackie Gleason. Uh, So he's large, he loves to dress well, and he's a good vampire hunter. So we've just had a lot of fun with the characters and uh, the next two books that are coming out next year. One is a collection of short stories with a novella uh, called Manhattan After Midnight. And the other one is called uh, the novel. The next novel is called Resurrection and Revenge. And so each is a standalone adventure in the series. And we're just having fun with it. not thinking about it as a movie anymore um if that ever happens or a series or a comic anything great i may produce some audio drama stuff next year with bertram um but i'm just so happy telling these bertram wells stories um and uh, that's enough right now Stuart and I have some other things cooking for TV, Uh, but uh, I I write every day. I do, you know, at least 500 words to 2,000 words on whatever I'm writing. Oh, there's another novel that's finished called uh, The Cheney Murder Case about uh, the actor Lon Cheney. I don't know when that's coming out, but that'll come out in the next three to four months. But um, so, yeah, I have a pretty strict schedule uh, for somebody who doesn't uh, drink or smoke. That keeps me off the streets, I guess. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> amazing and your novel is set in um new york at christmas time right so it's like the perfect time for us to buy it Aww. and read it amazing. it is a
0: christmas story i mean i think it works in july as well <laughs> where people doing nasty things to people are just kind of universal but it just accidentally did it just takes place in december and um i do think that the final line uh, that Bertram has to the kid, Joey, uh, this, this kid that we meet early in the story is basically Merry Christmas. So. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Wonderful. Perfect. Perfect timing. Thank you for your time this evening, Mark. I greatly appreciate this. And if anyone has any questions, is it okay for us to reach out on the back channel?
0: Oh, absolutely. Anytime, all the time. And Krista, thank you so much. And thank you all for showing up and listening to me babble about my day at helps uh, straighten me out. It's interesting for me to hear it in my own head, what the hell I'm up to. So thank you all very
2: I have much. to say, this was such an interesting and unbelievably awesome room, Mark. I really thoroughly enjoyed it. I gave you a follow and already sent you a couple of messages on the back channel. I'm a multitasker like that. So, (laughs) (laughs) so, um, I've gone to the website and I've checked out your stuff and it's really good. I'm going to put my order in and yeah, I, I suggest everybody check out Mark because there's great things to come from this guy.
0: Thank you very much for listening to the podcast. And as always, I do hope that you subscribe. We have a lot of fun podcasts coming up. We have more interviews with actors, writers, directors, filmmakers, novelists, artists, and a few special treats that we've been putting together and are ready to share with you. So I hope you continue listening. And uh, you're a great audience. I really thank you for the feedback that you've been giving us. On the podcasts, I'd like to thank Krista Steele again and her gang, Lois Villa, and the others in the ever mindful Clubhouse on Clubhouse for giving me permission to share the recorded interview with all of you. And uh, I hope you did enjoy it. And if you're on Clubhouse, give us all a follow, and uh, we look forward to talking to you there again. This has been Mark Redfield. Thank you for listening to the podcast. And we hope to share some new things with you every week on our free weekly podcast. And uh, having said that, I'd also like you to visit uh, redfieldartsaudio.com and uh, markredfieldstudios.com. You'll find all kinds of information about our new current and upcoming work. Stay safe, be well. Until next time. The joy that you find here, you borrow. You cannot keep it long, it seems.
2: But gigolo and gigolette still sing a song and dance along the boulevard of broken dreams.